sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome in to the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson filling in for Benny Stevens here on this glorious Monday to break it all down from the sports betting universe. What a weekend it was, but what a Monday it is. It is a World Cup Monday. Team USA getting their campaign started this afternoon there in Group B. And we've already got a score update coming from Group B. England taking on Iran, already leading that one three to nothing going into the halftime break very impressive stuff there but we've waited a long time to see this american side back at a world cup and i would argue this is the most talent the most depth we've ever had in a squad coming here taking on a Wales side ranked number 19 in the world team usa a ranked 16 no one has given the lads enough respect enough credit for gaffer up top greg berhalter the keys are yours my man get out of the way and let's cook the uh, team usa come into this one as favourites taken on the Welsh, they, they should be as well. Notably, more talent across the park there. Plus 135 for Team USA to get the result. And when I say get a result, this is a must-win match for Team USA in Group B. Three points for a win, one point for a draw. If you don't take points this afternoon against the Wales side, where are you going to get them from? Against England? I don't know. I don't like our chances. Iran? We need more than that. So for me, Team USA, it has been a long time in the making, but I'm excited to see what the lads have got for this one. 25 of the 26 have never played in a World Cup. For me, that tells me no scar tissue. That is confidence. This is a squad who no longer are just playing at the domestic level. This is a team where we're seeing the likes of Pulisic contribute at Chelsea. Timmy Ream at the back there with Fulham. That's where the experience comes in. What about Matty Turner? At the back, the shot stopper. I am very excited to see this one. Tyler Adams will get the captain's armband there. The Leeds midfielder, excited for him. What an opportunity. If you're looking at too many time goal scorers here, Jesus Ferreira, plus 210 there for Team USA. That's the only concern I have with this American side. Where are the goals going to come from? We know how they're going to play. Greg's always going to keep them in a 4-3-3 formation. But that is my biggest concern. Can we score enough goals to win some of these matches. Sure, we'll play for a draw against England. That'll be a good result, but it is a must win this afternoon against Wales if you want to advance. For me, the uh, the X factor is going to be Gio Reyna. Whether uh, Greg Berhalter wants to bring him off the bench or you start him there, that is the X factor for me. Pulisic can't be facilitator and goal scorer. You can't have it both ways. That is far too much pressure. He can create the opportunities, but we need someone to step up and bang him top corner of that net plus 135 for team usa these two sides have met twice previously no time of recent there team usa one win one draw so we've got the recent history a lot of people are talking about this wales side what about gareth bale he's uh, he's done it all there with real madrid he's been sitting on the bench for five years he comes to mls he was sitting on the bench here too with lafc yes he knows how to step up and get a timely goal the last world cup that wales were in 1958 so people are saying, how can Team USA be favorites? They've got more talent. They've got more depth. They've got more experience. And they've got no scar tissues. So I think we're going to get it done this afternoon. Gareth Bale 
and Wales. They already played their World Cup by just making it to Qatar. Very excited to be here and talking a little World Cup action. I waited four years for this one, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm riding behind Team USA. Taking a look at those eight-time goal scorers there. Jesus Ferreira, he will be the difference maker. Josh Sargent at plus 240. Haji right there at plus 250. Uh, we welcome in our radio listeners, Channel 159 Sirius XM. This is the morning after Dubs Anderson filling in for Ben Stevens. It is a World Cup Monday. Team USA getting the party started against Wales this afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, and the Americans are favorites, plus 135. I love our chances. Three matches in the group stages. I figure we need one win, one draw, and possibly a loss against England, and we can still advance out of the group stage this is a very big uh big match coming up here this afternoon and it was a big sunday night in the football let's talk a little nfl the chiefs got it done 30 to 27 over the la Chargers, and of course it was all about patty mahomes finding star tight end travis kelsey kelsey goes three touchdowns 115 yards scoring with 30 seconds left there on the clock how can you ever go against patrick mahomes in that spot in a Sunday night primetime fixture for the Chargers back to the drawing board for the Chiefs now up top of the AFC West three games clear over the Chargers uh, they started a little slow there in the first half the Chargers looked really good at SoFi Stadium to begin with but Patty Mahomes he got the lads cooking there it wasn't just the passing game Pacheco uh, goes for 107 rushing yards off the back of 15 carries Clyde Edwards Zaleer had to wait that game there early as well so no no good on that front we're breaking it all down here on the morning after it was a wacky Saturday with the college football a couple of big upsets a couple of big plays in the National Football League there yesterday the Chiefs getting it done Sunday night football 30 to 27 and we've got a little Monday night football coming up this evening down in Mexico City the 49ers taken on the Cardinals the 49ers, eight-point favorites, but don't get it twisted. Monday's here on the Sports Grid Network, hit a little differently when the World Cup is getting underway. And we've got Team USA, Tyler Adams with the captain's armband, leading the lads in the battle against Wales. And we're getting them at plus 135. Sign me up. Shut the gates. England are leading against Iran 3-0. I don't care. Bring them on. Give us Wales. Bring on England. Bring on Iran. We'll take them all the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. It is time to take a deep dive from the big results. Week 11 in the National Football League. We welcome in host of the early line, Donnie Wrightside, who you can find right here on the Sports Grid Network, Monday to Friday. Donnie, it is always a pleasure. I'm going to throw one straight out the gates at you here. The Dallas Cowboys go on the road to Minnesota, 40-3. to They blast my guy, Kirk Cousins. Ezekiel Elliott, he gets two tuts. Tony Pollard gets over 100 receiving yards. He gets two tuts. Where to go wrong for my guy Kirk in the Vikings? 
Nothing went wrong right away, Dubsy, in this game. And by the way, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Now, one of the sharper lines to me on the board were the Dallas Cowboys as a slight favorite here over the Minnesota Vikings. You're saying to yourself, what are you talking about here? An 8-1 and football team at home. They just took down the Buffalo Bills. Why would they be dogs? Well, you saw by that final score and the indicators there. Because the one thing, Dubs, that we can all agree on, the Dallas Cowboys are immensely talented. Dak Prescott, when playing well, a top-five quarterback possibility in the NFL. The running backs, you know, you have a, a, a sort of a thunder and light Lightning, if you will, here with Zeke Elliott pounding the football for that short yardage and Tony Pollard being the home run hitter and CeeDee Lamb, a very capable number one wide receiver here. But 40 to three was kind of strange to watch it play out because what if I would have told you, Dubs? We're looking at Kirk Cousins. He didn't even actually have a turnover in this game, didn't throw an interception. And Dalvin Cook there at 72 yards and 11 carries, good for six and a half yards per carry. And they got pounded relentless here. This is what the rest of the NFL watches for the Dallas Cowboys because when they're at that upper level, which they were yesterday, they're going to be a tough out here come playoff time. Yeah, second amongst the NFC East there for the Cowboys, 7-3 and three for their season, two games back of Philly. I was one of those silly punters with a Vikings ticket, Donnie. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But for the Cowboys, I mean, they're built to do well at the business end of this season. Are you buying into these numbers? 5-1 to one to take out the conference, still 10-1 to one to take out the Super Bowl, Donnie. It's it's kind of interesting because, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, it's been a long time since they were even making into an NFC championship game. And since the what mid-90s, the last time they won a Super Bowl, is the talent dubs overall there for the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl? Sure. But everything that always comes back to roost typically, right? You take a look at some injury situations down the line and always coaching. We had it under Jason Garrett where we used to call him the clapper on the sidelines. Ah, good. It's going good. Clap on the sidelines. It's going bad. You're just going to clap on the sidelines. What do you actually do, Jason Garrett? And then you take a look at Mike McCarthy. Still a lot of question marks. Can he take this Dallas Cowboys team over the hump? But if you're looking from a value standpoint here, it's going to be tough to take the Dallas Cowboys. The reason why I bring that up, Dubs, is not because I don't think they're talented enough to take down the NFC, but if it looks like the way things are going to go through, the Eagles are going to be the number one seed, have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and the Minnesota Vikings probably still taking down the number two seed. There's a really good chance that the Dallas Cowboys don't even get a home game throughout the playoffs, Dubs, and that's hard to advance towards a Super Bowl. So that alone would be enough to, for me to say, don't take the Dallas Cowboys just yet here. Watch it play out the rest of the way. But if we're looking just on talent alone, they're right with everybody here in the NFC, sure. Yeah, looking at the favorites there, uh, the Eagles to take out the NFC, plus 220 for Philly, who started the season 8 uh, nothing, going undefeated. They get that shock loss last weekend to the Commanders. This was a big bounce-back spot for them on Sunday, taking on the Colts. Jeff Saturday and the Colts, they came ready to play in Indy. They were leading 10-3 at the break. It was a bit of a low-scoring affair, this one, Donnie. Jalen Hurts, he ends up putting this team on his back to get the go-ahead score there at the end. Eagles get it done 17-16 to over the Colts. A good bounce back for the Eagles. It was a good bounce back for the Eagles, but as you pointed out there, Dubs, first three quarters here, not looking like a great bounce back. Only three points for that high-octane offense on the road against the Colts, but you measure your championship ways on how you're going to overcome adversity. Down double digits on the road in the fourth quarter, you get the stops when you need, and also you get some great quarterback play, which Jalen Hurts, if anybody follows me on Twitter, crushing them, Dubs, through the first three quarters. What are you doing out here? Turning the football over. Make the open reads out here. A.J. Brown was fumbling the football. Things weren't going the Eagles' way until that last drive where Jalen 
Hurts took it upon himself running and passing here and led the way for the game-winning touchdown drive. And also credit the Philadelphia Eagles defense. After that first drive, Dubs, where it seems like Jonathan Taylor was going to run absolutely wild, they didn't. 26 carries for under 100 yards here for the Colts there. A good performance by the Philadelphia Eagles. It may be a springboard just to get that bad taste of the commander's loss out of your mouth. You couldn't afford to lose two in a row. They righted the ship here, and they're going to take on the Green Bay Packers Sunday Night Football here in Philadelphia coming up this week. Yeah, you mentioned the Eagles taken on the Packers. There's been uh, a lot of critics saying that the Eagles have had uh, generally a pretty easy schedule, Donnie. Do you buy into that narrative? They'll play the Packers next week, then they've got the Titans at home, then they go on the road to take on the Giants. Hey, it's always the double-edged sword, Dubs, right? We said they didn't play anybody. Well, they played the Dallas Cowboys, which people think are going to be a decent football team throughout the rest of the year. You played to beat the Minnesota Vikings, who are probably going to secure the number two overall seed when it's all said and done. But also, like if the Philadelphia Eagles had lost to every team, Dubs, you'd probably say, boy, the Eagles had the toughest schedule. Why? Because everybody beat them, and that's another win. When you're winning football games at a 9-1 clip, it's easy to say your schedule's easy. Why? Because you beat everybody. So they don't look as good on the back end of it. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Well, the Eagles, they start a new streak. Let's see how long they can maintain that one for. Speaking of streaks, what about those Detroit Lions, baby? Three in a row for big Dan Campbell. 31-18 to 18 over the Giants. Again, Donnie, uh, the Giants were seeing a lot of action coming towards them. 7-3 seven, seven and three now is their record. What did you make of this one? Uh, Daniel Jones using the wheels, 341 passing yards as well with a single tut. Now, I actually saw it coming. Kevin and I on the more, on the uh, early show here, we do a pick six every Friday. My money line favorite here for a dog was the Detroit Lions going up against the Giants. But having said that, if it was one game, Dubs, that I told you that the Giants are supposed to win, it's probably against the Detroit Lions. You had a cold day in the Meadowlands against a dome team when you know the heart of your team is running Saquon Barkley. But how about this? Saquon Barkley, Dubs, 15 carries, 22 yards, and no touchdowns. They get slaughtered by the Detroit Lions. Shout out to the Lions for keeping keeping their season along three straight wins. Are they going to make the playoffs? Probably not. But the future, all of a sudden, that looks so dismal and so gloomy, Dubs, actually has maybe some rays of sunshine pulling through. That's a big win for the Lions there. Dan Campbell, he's going to make it through this season and be a coach for a third year, it looks like, for the Lions. Yeah, to that point, Donnie, obviously I'm, I'm based out here on the West Coast. I've always been a bit of a Jared Goff fan. Is Dan Campbell the man to turn this side around? And is Goff a quarterback that you can build around going into the future. I don't know if Goff is a quarterback that you can build around, but the sign of being a really good football team is even if you have a shortcoming in a quarterback like Goff, who's not the most electric guy here, but yesterday you did what you asked him to do, right? 17 to 26, buck 65, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but you handled the ground game here and you didn't turn it over like the Giants were actually doing. Now, credit the Detroit Lions here. They got a lot of young talent here. It's going to get even better next year because they hold the Rams' first-round pick, who looks like the Rams aren't doing very well. Maybe you draft a quarterback next year, who knows? If Jared Goff goes on a win streak and makes the playoffs and the locker room likes him, maybe he's their guy for at least another year while you stack talent around him and try to win. Yeah, I like that. Where's the value here amongst the NFC East? The commander's got to win there over the Texans, 23-10. to 10. It is a pretty uh, close-fought battle, this one. Philly up top, only two wins clear of Dallas and New York. The commander's there, still only three wins back. Where do you see the value being? The Eagles minus 340, Donnie. I can't touch that. What about the Cowboys at plus 350? 
Cowboys probably the only way to go, which is interesting here because the commanders are probably dead and buried. Not to say they're going to win the division because I don't think they can, but at least from a competitive standpoint where maybe, Dubs, you were counting on a few wins down the line. Oh, commanders are on our schedule, Dubs? Yeah, that's going to be an easy victory. Not the case anymore, but it probably would be the Dallas Cowboys at a plus 350 price because we know injuries happen in the NFL. Something devastating happens to the Eagles. That could open up, but also... You say the Green Bay Packers come in and shock the Philadelphia Eagles, who are favored by about a touchdown here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. That puts Dallas right back in the crosshairs going, hey, you know what? Christmas Eve, Dubsy, we got the Eagles in our own building. We can right the ship. It would have to be the Cowboys at plus 350. Yeah, I like that. Look, don't even get me started on the Green Bay Packers, Donnie. I'm never touching them again. I'm not going near them after what I saw there on Thursday night. Talk about a wacky Sunday in the NFL. We had a punt return goes to the house for a walk-off win there for the Pats. We saw a kick return, taking 100 yards for the score. Which one's more impressive, Donnie? The punt Probably the punt the return, since it was the first one this okay. year. The, I would say the punt return here, the way it ended up with a W, too. Yeah, yeah. That would have been me back in the day there, Donnie. A clean set of <laughs> heels. Donnie right side here on the morning after. We're re- SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after Dubs Anderson filling in for Benny Stevens here on a World Cup Monday. But we're also breaking it down from the NFL alongside Donnie Rideside. Donnie, let's talk about Sunday night football. The Chiefs come into LA taking on the Chargers divisional matchup. The Chiefs, they was they were a little scared there in the first half, but ultimately. Patty Mahomes and that connection he's got with Travis Kelsey, that is something else. They get the win 30-27. to 27. Kelsey goes for three tons. What did you make of that late show in there from Patty Mahomes? It's what we expect, and it's almost not even fair. You know, I, I talk about like the NBA where Giannis scores 35 points, has 15 rebounds, dubs. You go, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. We're so spoiled by watching Mahomes. And also, how many times do we see other organizations and other teams, including really good quarterbacks, lose a player or maybe two? And you say to yourself, what did you want him to do, dubs? He wasn't going to win this football game, and he did all he could. We'd expect much, much more than Mahomes coming into this game with two, with Juju Smith-Schuster down, with Cole Hardman down, losing Kadarius Tony, just a few snaps into the football game. And yet, even though the Los Angeles Chargers knew that Travis Kelsey was the key to victory, Patrick Mahomes just getting the football to him at, with relative ease, which also leads you back to Andy Reid scheming to get his players wide open. This was a game, Dubs, that you were supposed to be on with the Chiefs late in that game. You're supposed to lose that one, and nobody would have faulted the Chiefs, but yet you pull this one out. And also from a Chargers perspective, you got healthy for this game. Keenan Allen was back. Mike Williams was back. Eckler was still there. Herbert was healthy off of that you know, rib injury from a few weeks ago. And you still weren't able to come up with the victory. Why? Because Kansas City Dubs is just that good. Yeah, they are 8-2 up top of the AFC West. Is this the team to yeah. beat coming out of the AFC, Donnie? I'm going to say no, because I have a little spot in okay. my heart here, Dubs, for the Buffalo Bills, and I'm ready for them to take advantage Ooh. of that and win a Super Bowl. But having said that, if you ask me honestly and say when the playoffs come around, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, man, it's really hard to say that the Chiefs aren't the ones that are supposed to come out of the AFC. 
Yeah, I can appreciate that. Well, let's talk about your Buffalo Bills, Donnie. Getting it done in Detroit where they're going to play um, back-to-back games. They'll be taking on the Lions this week. But they won their yesterday 31-23 to over a pretty stoic Browns outfit. Uh, Brissett was actually decent there for the Cleveland side. The Bills, no preparation, no problems. Josh Allen wasn't amazing, but he was clinical and did enough to get the job done. Yeah, he did. And also, that's a tough circumstances here for the Buffalo Bills. Had some practices canceled late in the week. This was supposed to be, as we said, a home game for the Buffalo Bills, but then they turned it into a de facto road game here having to travel. Had some issues getting out on Saturday for the Sunday football game due to all the snow that was in Buffalo, and yet they still won this football game, and quite handily, even though this game was 31-23 on the final score, it felt like the Buffalo Bills were in control for a large portion here. But having said that, I always like to say, Dubs, get out my crystal ball. What happens if I would have told you that Jacoby Brissett would throw for 324 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions, and Josh Allen at 197, only one touchdown, no interceptions? You probably would have thought the Cleveland Browns would have won that game, but they didn't. That's a really good win for the Buffalo Bills. And also keep in mind, late in the week, the flu was making its trip around that locker room for the Buffalo Bills. They had a lot of excuses to come up small, but the sign of a good football team is fighting through adversity. They did that and picked up that victory. For the Browns there, Donnie, is Brissett any chance of keeping that starting position a quarterback once Deshaun Watson is uh, ready to roll? I don't. He's not going to keep it there, and rightfully so, because you can't no. pay all that money for a starting quarterback and Deshaun Watson not let him go. Now, granted, they have a 3-7 and seven record, but honestly, Dubs, it's not Jacoby Brissett's fault. That defense has been abysmal yeah. here. The least of the worries for the Cleveland Browns is the quarterback position. Yeah. All right, well, Donnie, let's talk uh, a low-scoring affair where there weren't a lot of points on offer. The Jets traveling to New England to take on the Patriots. We know Bill Belichick loves taking on a young quarterback, Zach Wilson. I mean, he continues to get chances, and he's probably going to continue to get a few more. Head coach Robert Salah saying they're going to stick with Zach Wilson. The Patriots get it done 10-3. to It was locked at three apiece until we saw the walk-off punt return from Marcus Jones taking it into the house to get the win there. Yeah, last time I saw that was Deshaun Jackson of the Philadelphia Eagles about a decade or so ago against the New York Giants. It's wild that it comes down to that, right? Nobody can really move the football. Why have you said that? New England actually moved the football decently. Mac Jones, 246 here in the air, but it was Zach Wilson and 77 yards. The leading rusher on the team was Zach Wilson with 26 yards. The next guy, Michael Carter, come on now. Eight carries for 19 yards. They did nothing the entire game. And it feels like a deflating loss for the Jets because this is one where you enter here, Dubs, at 6-3. and three. You beat the Patriots. You move to 7-3. and three. And now you're one of the top dogs in the AFC East where maybe you think you can take down the Buffalo Bills, which you just beat a few weeks ago. But now we're having to answer questions about drafting a quarterback number two overall and is he the right guy for the job. But you also brought up a key component here. After the game, Robert Sala was asked, okay, what about the quarterback? You're going to make a change. He said, that it's the last thing from my mind right now, which rightfully so. You have to find out, Dubs, if he is going to be the quarterback of your future. It's sink or swim time. You're a legitimate playoff contender. Let's see if Zach Wilson can take you to the promise. And, and if he can't, maybe you have to move on in the offseason and draft another quarterback or go by a free agency. Yeah, or maybe, Donnie, the Jets knew that the World Cup was getting started and England had taken on Iran, (laughs) who are leading three to nothing. So they thought, hey, let's put up a three spot. Talking of another team who put up a three spot. And I mean, I I hate to bag on this team on Baker Mayfield, but the Panthers are so bad. The Ravens get it done 13 to three. And again, it was off the back of a Baker Mayfield interception, which ultimately sealed their fate. What did you make of this one in Baltimore on Sunday? 
I mean, pretty crazy for an NFL team, right? They have 205 total yards for a game. Now, there are some bad performances on Sunday afternoons. We get that each and every week. But this was equally as bad for the Carolina Panthers and maybe that rejuvenation of Baker Mayfield that you might have gotten. But I guess you could say as a gambler, hey, you know what, Dubs? Those Carolina Panthers getting 13 points. They cover. That's all I (laughs) needed to see because the Baltimore effort wasn't especially great, but they didn't need to be great here. Sometimes, you know, Dubs, as a competitor, what the other team is bringing to the table. And if they don't have much, just don't shoot yourself in the foot and you'll be able to come away with the victory. And also, one of the fun bets this week that was out there was a touchdown prop here on Baker Mayfield to throw one touchdown pass in this game at a decent price. And, of course, he wasn't able to do that. Dominating defensive performance from the Ravens, but I think it really shows how poor the Panthers are on offense. Yeah, Donnie, I think you and me could throw a couple into the house. I mean, you give us four quarters out there. It's not that hard to throw the old pink skin, coming from a guy who's never thrown one there as well. But, Donnie, talking (laughs) AFC North, the Ravens up top seven and three. The Bengals there, six and four. Cleveland, three and seven. The Steelers at three and seven. As well, they're looking at these numbers. The Ravens, odds on favorites, minus 470. The Bengals at plus 420. That one interests me because I'm a Joey Cool kind of guy. Where's the value in this market, Donnie? obviously it's not going to be on the Ravens for us, right? To say, hey, you know what? I really love to lay that minus four, seven. Now values in the eye of the holder. Somebody might be watching. So what are you crazy, man? Baltimore is going to easily win this division. And minus four, seven is an absolute steal. Then rightfully so. But when I look at that high upside, right? Let's forget about who's actually going to win the AFC North. If the Bengals can make it into the playoffs, you're going to want to take on the Bengals. Hey boy, they really don't have too much success in the playoffs. Did you watch last year when they had the lead in the Super Bowl, ready to win a championship and it was stolen because the Rams got some clutch performances here. If Jamar Chase comes back, there are three wide receivers as good as anybody in the NFL. If Mixon is healthy here, clear some of those cobwebs from the concussion yesterday, he's going to be fine. And Joe Burrow fighting his way back here from an injury in the offseason, not because of his own doing, but an appendectomy here. He looks like he's ready to go as well. Watch out for the Bengals coming down the stretch here, Dubsy. Give me a slice of Cincinnati, yeah. Donnie. Yeah. 37 yep. to 30. Over the Steelers, um, I was actually impressed by the Steelers. They, they've got a couple of good pieces, and they're trending in the right direction. But for Joe Burrow, Joey Mixon, he exits the game. Samaji Ryan, he steps up and delivers. No Jamar Chase. That's okay. T. Higgins goes for 148 receiving yards. What would you make of the Bengals down there, remote, uh, down there in Steel City, I should say? I'm, I'm telling you, the offense is grooving. You ha- you go into Pittsburgh in a cold environment against that defense and you hang close to 40 points. I'm impressed right off the bat and even more impressive that Jamar Chase still wasn't active for this game. But T. Higgins, a true number one in the NFL who plays as a number two, stepped back into his number one status there and delivered time and time again. I loved what I saw out of the Bengals. And again, maybe they hit those turbulent points during the season, but all signs are pointing forward now. As long as that offense is humming, they can go toe-to-toe with team stubs. That's a good football team who sometimes we do forget had the lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl to be world champions just a year ago. Yeah, who got it done there? The Rams. And I got the helmet over my shoulder to prove it there, Donnie. But hey, I can't support. Uh I, I can't cheer on anything. This year, being a Rams fan, but talk to me about the Steelers. What is the silver lining? I look at Kenny Pickett. He looks like he's getting better. 265 yards, one touchdown, no turnovers. Najee Harris rushes for 90 yards. George Pickens, Patty Frymouth, the big tight end there. There's looking like there's a bit of upside to the Steelers, Donnie. 
There is upside here, and sometimes you have to take out of the equation. Mike Tomlin's not used to losing football games, let alone seasons here. He's never had a losing season in the NFL. He's going to get one this year. But the future is bright because you want to find out if you have a quarterback. They brought Kenny Pickens along slowly. He's performed great here. Najee Harris showing signs of life yesterday as well. A couple touchdowns. Another wide receiver that you continue to draft. Pittsburgh seemingly does that all as better as just about everybody. As you said, a solid young tight end. As long as the core is young and improving, you can take that away, head into the offseason, add it on free agency, make some trades, and also use the draft. I'm not upset by the performance yesterday for the Steelers because, quite frankly, I think it was perfect. Give my young offense a pretty good game. We lost it, which means we have better draft position. I like where the Steelers are going here, Dubs. I like it. Donnie Rideside breaking it all down here the morning after. In week 11, we're not done uh, just yet, Donnie. We've got Monday Night Football in Mexico City. The 49ers, 10-point favorites, taking on the Arizona Cardinals down there at Stadium Azteca. I, I believe it was the first game outside the U.S. back in 2005. Same teams running it back tonight. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back here to the morning after. I am Dubs Anderson on a World Cup Monday. We've already got a game underway. England giving the business to Iran. Four to one. Wow, plenty of goals being scored there. To break it all down from the World Cup action, we welcome in Tom Bogut, uh, insider there for the U.S. men's national team. Knows all things soccer, football. Tom I imagine you must be very excited for today. Team USA getting their campaign started there in Group B, taking on Gareth Bale and Wales. The Americans are favorites. 16th ranked team in the world, taking on number 19. How do you see this one playing out for Greg Berhalter and the lads? Dub, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, yeah, the excitement, I think, is the best starting point. Like, this has been eight years since the United States were in the World Cup. And again, it's, it's funny talking about this when... They're playing against Wales, who hasn't been in a World Cup in, you know, more than half a century. So I think that, like, just the baseline of excitement is pretty cool. And, and we're trying to not lose sight of that or focus on that. But then getting to the game, optimism has been really low uh, around the national team. Um, the last round of friendlies, the pre-World Cup friendlies, were an abomination. They played um, uh, Japan and Saudi Arabia. I think they had one total shot over 180 minutes. Obviously did not score a goal. Everything looked insipid. Everything looked slow. The problem under Greg Berhalter or the the potential problems in World Cup qualifying a little bit before that was like the system can be a little overcomplicated at times and a little slow and, and is kind of really uninspiring. So for that to be the final pre-World Cup window for all of the worst fears to be manifested like that, the vibes are pretty low coming to this tournament. I, th I think everybody's excited, but like around September, October, it was it was pretty low. So um, it's going to be difficult to break down this Wales team. Um, but again, I, I think that we have to be optimistic, and fans will be optimistic. But if it's nil nil at halftime, and there's not many chances created, if it's nil nil in the 60th minute, uh, I think that if you if you take a poll on Twitter, it, the the temperature is going to be very uh, well, very hot, I guess, in in anger. So I think that's something to watch. They need a fast start. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm quietly optimistic. 25 of the 26 uh, players there on the roster have never been 
to a World Cup. So is it a, a matter of not having that scar tissue or is it going to be a lack of experience? One of your concerns that you've shared there with us, where are the goals going to come from? So looking at this squad, I think it's a decent uh, starting 11. Greg's going to go with 4-3-3. Who is going to be the key difference maker for Team USA? We know Christian Pulisic is going to act as that facilitator, but who else should we be watching for? Yeah, so Pulisic, this is a huge tournament for him because his his best form with the national team was when he was 17 when they failed to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. That was the most consistent. That was the best he played. He's had moments. He's had, you know, there's been particularly like set pieces and and here and there. But over World Cup qualifying, he like wasn't anywhere really near the best player or the most consistent player. So this is a huge tournament for Pulisic. And, and I know that you you kind of set him aside as the, as the framing of this question. So I'm sorry to be talking to him, talking about him, because, again, people know about him. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, so Pulisic is the one I'd be watching for. Tim Weah is a lot of fun, but I think he's another known name. Josh Sargent, five years ago, was looked at as the same level of talent as Christian Pulisic was, and it's his development has been really bad. He made uh, a, a couple difficult club situations, like being at Werder Bremen when they were in a relegation fight. He was playing as a winger instead of a center forward. And then at Norwich in the Premier League, he was playing as like a wing back because of how much they were defending. So I'm curious to see what Josh Sargent does if he gets to play more at center forward. Jesus Freire from FC Dallas. Um, He's a really cool story. His dad played in MLS. He was born in Columbia. His dad won player of the year in MLS MVP. (laughs) We'll call it Americanized, obviously. Um, And he was born and raised, or he was raised rather in Dallas and got his citizenship, I think, when he was 17 or 18 and pretty quickly committed to the United States. So it's a really cool story, really cool pedigree. He's somebody that I don't think a lot of people across the world know because he plays in MLS. He doesn't play for one of the air quote glamour teams. He hasn't been kind of deep run. So I'm curious to see what Jesus Freire can do on this stage. Yeah, exciting stuff. Tom Bogut breaking it all down. Game one for Team USA coming up this afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, taking on Wales to get Group B started. Tom, let's talk about Team USA and uh, the likelihood of them getting out of the group stages. They'll They'll play three matches. I imagine one win, one draw may be enough. It's going to be a tough one against England. But how far do you see Team USA advancing? These are always difficult to ask because like I started this interview by talking about how pessimistic and how bad things looked, right? <laughs> it's a knockout tournament. The United States have, they're really defensively solid, which can go a long way. They haven't been as dominant on set pieces as they should be. They have Walker Zimmerman, a big towering center back who's, who's incredible in the air. Weston McKinney is he's one of the best aerial threats from central midfield in the world just because of his position. Um, there's a lot of technical quality that should be able to deliver set pieces like I feel like I was saying this at the end of World Cup qualifying. They had a game where I think they scored off three set pieces. That was the only game that they scored in set pieces. It's a long-winded way of saying there's a lot of variance in these knockout tournaments. As long as they – it all starts today. If they lose to Wales in particular, rather even drawing, I think would be a big disappointment. But as long as they get a result today and they keep moving forward, like this team has enough individual quality for moments. They have enough defensive solidity that – I don't think that they're going to look like Iran against England. And maybe that's just me being naive because England are obviously world-class and have so many great players. But as long as they can kind of stay close, they have the individual talent and they have the ability to kind of turn set piece into dominance and, and kind of change the math, change the variance on these games. So you, 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 it's cliche. It's not, it's not good radio. And I'm sorry, it, you, taking it one game at a time, this team does, I think, have the potential to do something pretty solid. They could make a run. They could get some knockouts and even win a knockout game or two. But the problem is, if they look anything like they did in their last games, this is going to be three and out, maybe with one goal scored. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that is scary. And there is a lot of weight on this afternoon. Not to say it's a must win, but if they lose to Wales, that could ultimately be the end of their chances going through the group stages. Uh, speaking of the other two teams amongst Group B, we've got England taking on Iran already out there this morning. We're 76 minutes into that one. England lead 5-1 to one over Iran. They have come to play. Saka already has two goals next to his name, Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford. If we're taking a look at some of the futures markets, the golden boot is always a popular one for the punters. Who do you see, you know, being right there in the semifinals, making it through the finals out of the big nations? And who's going to be that star performer who can maybe bag the most goals here at the World Cup? I mean, I saw Enter Valencia scoring a couple goals yesterday. As it should be him now. <laughs> uh, I think my, my <laughs> dark horse or whatever you might want to call it is I think Gabriel Jesus, like he's been really awesome for Arsenal this year. Um, I, he won't be on penalties. Obviously, Neymar will. Neymar will get his goals, so maybe they're splitting there. But like, I, I do like the, the South American heavyweights, the Brazil and and, and uh, Argentina. I think that this World Cup goes to one of those South American teams rather than the European dominance that that's been for the last two decades. So I was kind of looking at that. Like, I'm not sure if I would trust Neymar with his injury history and just generally being a winger. So Gabriel Jesus, I think, probably has good value. I forget what it was. It, plus 2,000, plus 2,500 or whatever. Um, and then obviously there's Lionel Messi, but I, I think he's more likely to win top assists or maybe golden ball if Argentina are to get to the end. So for me, like I, I think a fun one to play would, would be Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Tom Bogut here breaking it all down for the World Cup action. I think we can agree that Brazil are going to be there at the business and England look like maybe they've got enough uh, pieces to the puzzle to finally break that long time drought last time, I think it was 1966 in their home nation where they won the one World Cup. Tom, I was very big on France coming into this one. Uh, they lose Kareem Benzema, the best striker in the mm. world. Would you still consider him to be one of the favorites or is that going to hurt their chances? Yeah, it was funny. A, a friend of mine who was, was asking about these things, who, who doesn't follow soccer that closely, he's like, um, like I picked France to win. Like How, how bad is this, this injury going to kind of screw me? And I was like, well, it's not good. <laughs> like He just won the Ballon d'Or. He's, again, as you said, the, pretty, the best center forward in the world over the last year, best player in the world over the last year. But, like, this team is so insanely deep. Like, Karen Benzema, again, we, we talk about all this great. We, we'd probably point to uh, Kylian Mbappe as their best player. Like, it's it's weird, and it's an embarrassment. Rich is like, Olivier Giroud is probably the most underrated striker of his generation. Like, I've been a big Olivier Giroud fan. Maybe I, I gravitate towards target center forwards who can't run very well, but have good good quality and, and a, a really good brain. So, like, it's never a good sign, obviously. I'm not breaking any news there that, you know, one of your best players, your uh, best goal scorer, isn't going to be able to play and and this kind of late in the game to figure that out. But, like, I think that they're going to be fine because of all this firepower. They have all these options up top. I mean, they even they lost in Kunku, too. Like, it, any other country in the world, like, maybe Brazil could handle that, those two players, but, like, it's nuts that we're just like, yeah, you know, they have some other players that can step up. Like, they're so insanely deep. It's it's an embarrassment of riches. Like, whatever they've been doing for development, whatever they've been doing in, in France and elsewhere with recruitment for dual nationals and stuff, it's, it's really incredible. So I, I think that they're still among the favorites. But again, this certainly doesn't help. Yeah, how do we tackle the World Cup there, Tom? It feels like it's always going to be the big nations in the quarterfinals, the semifinals. You need that depth to sort of make it through the knockout stages, which is what scares me for Team USA. But ultimately, what's mm. going to get it done to keep advancing through those knockout stages? Yeah, you, it, it is defensive solidity. Like, again, I talk about set pieces. I think that 
you know, I talk to coaches all the time and, and they're kind of like, look, like nobody wants to admit it, but like in any run, in any tournament, you do, you do need a little bit of luck. You need a, you may, might need a call. You might need a bounce. Like we're all control freaks. We want to think that we can plan for everything, but you can't. So it, it really is staying as solid as you can defensively and, you know, winning the, you know, it's like turnover margin in American sports, like winning like the margin on set pieces, not giving up set piece goals and trying to steal a couple of goals here and there that are like bonus goals, for lack of a better phrase. Or, you know, I, I know I sound like a, a big time expert here by using stuff like that, but it really is comes down to the, that defensive solidity, not making too many mistakes and, and stealing goals off, off set pieces. And, and maybe this is just me talking as somebody following the U.S. national team, because unlike England, who are going to come in and just about everybody they play, they're going to be the favorite and, and be able to dominate possession. I'm talking about kind of the finer points. So if it's a team like England, France, Brazil, then it, it, it's dominating the game. It's making sure that you you limit those transition opportunities. You limit the other team's set piece opportunities to kind of take the variance away from the underdog. So again, it depends on, on which team you're talking about it. But if we're talking about the United States, it, it, it's saying as solid as possible, limiting mistakes and making the most out of set pieces. Yeah, and Tom, uh, one thing uh, we love getting amongst is the live betting offered up by the FanDuel Sportsbook. What's something we should be looking for in-game from some of these teams? Say if it's locked at nil all, nil all, and we're looking for maybe a breakout in the second half. What are you looking for for a team that's knocking on that door ready to break out for a couple of goals? Um, maybe because because they're in my mind, but the United States were more of a second-half team in uh, World Cup okay. qualifying. There was, you know... Famously against Honduras, they were down one or two nil at, at halftime in in an incredibly hostile, uh, historically insanely difficult place to play with a very young team. They changed the formation. They brought on a then 18-year-old striker who didn't even make this World Cup roster, Ricardo Pepe, and they scored four second-half goals. And and against Mexico, they seemed to to wear them down over the second half. So that's another World Cup opponent. Um, that's the, them um, and sticking in Concacaf because I, I haven't I haven't shouted out Canada yet. Canada, I think, are the best CONCACAF team right now. I think that they're better than the United States. I think that they're better than Mexico. I think Mexico would be third out, out of these three and, and Costa Rica. Uh, Canada are are a phenomenal team. There, there are so many players that, like, there's this central midfielder, Ismael Kone, who plays for Montreal. Like, I can't wait to watch neutral fans across the world discover how good this kid is, this 21-year-old kid. he's He had a couple moves that came close over the summer to Norwich City and to Sheffield United for around $6 million that just kind of didn't come off for, for various reasons. He's going to be awesome. Obviously, there's Alfonso Davies. Tejan Buchanan, who now plays uh, in Belgium, he's he's a live wire. Like, it's this is a really fun team, and that's, I think, a favorite. And, like, it's fun to root for an underdog. So, I, I you know, it's 0060 minute. I take Canada. Love it. Tom Bogut, MLS, U.S. men's team insider. Tom, Team USA, plus 140. Are they getting the win this afternoon against Wales? Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. That's the way to start Monday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson. It is day two at the World Cup. The first match already underway there for Group B. England leading 5-1 over Iran. 87 minutes in there, so that one's close to wrapping up. Their goals go to Bellingham. Saka with two. Raheem Sterling gets one at Marcus Rashford. So England are uh, putting the rest of these countries on notice, and they're putting on uh, Team USA and Wales saying, hey, 
you better recognize we are no easy beats. The big match for us today, Team USA taking on Wales. We'll just break it down that one uh, for me. I like Team USA, plus 140 to get the win this afternoon. It is a must-win match. You only get three matches in your group stage. Are they going to be able to get a draw against England? Unlikely. Taking on Iran, they should beat. This one's imperative this afternoon. Either beat Wales or at the very least, escape with a draw. If Wales win, if Gareth Bale can somehow find the back of the net and they beat Team USA, they're going to have a very good chance of progressing out of the group stage. So it is all on the line this afternoon for Greg Berhalter and the lads. Tyler Adams gets the armband. And that was a big topic of conversation this morning coming from FIFA. A lot of the captains, uh, the international captains, were going to wear the one love armbands. But FIFA had come out and said, hey, if you choose to do that, you will get yellow carded before you even go onto the pitch, which is going to have some big ramifications um, if you start booking some of these players. So we'll see which players decide to go out there and protest by wearing that one love armband. Uh, one of the players who will, Virgil van Dijk with the Netherlands, and they're taking on Senegal this afternoon as well. The Dutch have yet to ever win a World Cup, which is surprising given how stacked and loaded they have been over the years. If you're looking to get involved in this one, I like the Netherlands. Minus 185 for a straight-up win, plus 290 for a draw if you think Senegal can somehow park the bus. And that's one thing to keep in mind early here in the World Cup. The weaker teams are not going out there to try and win. They are playing for the draw. They are trying to starve possession from their opponent. But I do think the Netherlands get it done. Team USA to get it done. Christian Pulisic for an assist or a goal. Plus money, baby. Keep it right here the morning after.